do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. My name's Kathy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. Um, sweetie, I forgot to tell you, I messed with the with the sound a little bit, Uh-oh. and because I've been hearing a buzzing lately in our podcast, I don't know really? if you remember that. So I adjusted the dials, but you might have to move your head a little bit closer to the mic, just because it'll it's for the listener's experience. You okay you with adjusted that? Adjusted the dials, which means I need to move closer to the mic, just a little bit. Okay, I I, mean, I'm usually not too far. All right, as long as you're okay with where you are right now, <laughs> you okay, coffee cofferton? Yeah. It's February 5th. You've been coughing since January 3rd. But it's more of like now like a dry. There's nothing there. This is going to be a fun show, sweetie. we got a lot of different things to share. But first, I want to play a little clip from a little song that I like to call. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh. But it's in regard to I have a bone to pick with two people, one person I know and one person I don't. Okay? A bone. A bone to pick. Feeling so Gatsby for that whole I'm shaking my head and locking the gates. This is why we can't have nice things. It's um, by an artist called Taylor Swift. Have you ever heard of her? I've heard of her once or twice, yes. Um, our friend Jerry O'Keefe reposted something yeah. on Facebook that you told me about. Uh huh. And Quincy Jones did some article and I think GQ or something like that. And he said something like that he doesn't think that she's... He said he, 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 he said something about enough of the hooks, enough of the hook music, we need music or something. And I'm just, I guess, Jerry, my good friend. Well, now, are you, why are you blaming Jerry when... Because um, he reposted when, it. He's agreeing with Quincy I Jones. Know, but you, if, Noreen, who's one of my best friends, she doesn't love Taylor Swift either. I know, but did you see Noreen reposted on her Facebook page? <laughs> no, but it's okay to have a different opinion right. about Right, and music. I'm just here to offer my opinion defending Taylor Swift because God knows that she doesn't have anybody that likes her. Right. I was going to say, I think she might be all right. I think she gets a bad rap. This is a quick little Taylor Swift tangent on okay. the show. All I right. think she gets a bad rap. She's been writing a lot of music for a long time. I do believe that she writes the majority, if not all of her music. Yeah, she's involved. She in plays instruments. Uh-huh. Some songs suck, but a lot of songs are really good, uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. And I guess I just want to say, um, I'm just glad, and I've said this before on the podcast, that my daughters have somebody that, you know, we think of Madonna when we were little kids or somebody who is extremely sexually provocative as a role model and artist. And I don't think Taylor uh, does that the way Madonna did in a good way. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to T-Swizzle. Okay. Like what does Quincy Jones know about music? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Here's the thing about music and TV and art and poetry. It's very personal. And so... Be, just because we like somebody doesn't mean that everybody has to like somebody. And just because we dislike somebody doesn't mean that we look at people who like somebody and think they're wrong. I mean, really, that's our show message, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the reason you have such an affinity for Taylor Swift is less about you buying her music and more about how that you see her bring so much joy to our girls' lives. And me, I sing that song loud. That's a, this is a song that she wrote, uh, we think, um, in response to the Kanye 
disputes. Sounds like it. At least that's what Cameron told me. Yeah. Well, you can kind of read about her liner notes. and. So why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel... Out- oh, real quick. I do want to give my friend Jerry a shout out because I just threw him under the bus. Um, he has a Facebook page, Jerry D. O'Keefe. So if you like good music, he is a musician. And, yeah, and he's really good. And he's really good. We've actually had him on the podcast before, as it turns out. So um, facebook.com slash Jerry D. O'Keefe. And uh, I t- sometimes sing with him at the end you of do. the night. Well, Jerry plays around the Chicagoland area. You know, he, he plays guitar and sings his own music, and also he uh, sings covers. <laughs> and Todd always joins him on stage for a little monkey's... Tribute. Tribute. Cheer up, sleepy Jean. So why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Um, I pulled up some Super Bowl ad clips. Oh, okay. Maybe to laugh and a little bit of his like socially conscious commercials, yeah. which I think would be fun to kind of talk about. Um, I have a few other things up my sleeve, and I think you have something yeah, too, don't I, you? We we decided we go back and forth. So oh, it's a little back and forth so don't, action. Don't fill in all the space. I really have very little for this oh, show. Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny about the Super Bowl ads. I was thinking about them last night, and there were some that I thought were great. Um, but I just was comparing this year to last year in my mind because do you remember how last year was so – I mean, and I don't want to say they were political ads because they weren't overtly political, but do you remember there was all sorts of stuff about the wall and all sorts of – I mean, we were just – I think last year – Oh, yeah, I remember there's that, that long commercial yeah. about the wall. And and just – and that was like the tip of the iceberg. Like yeah. Every commercial was about coming together. And I think our country was in shock a year ago mm-hmm. about some of the new language and the divisiveness. It, yeah. we, we were – the the ads really reflected that. Right. And I think it continues this year. I mean, I think there was – and you're probably going to play some of this, but a lot of discussion about coming together. I'm going to first start out with um, the Tide commercial, <laughs> or at least portions. I think that might be, I think he might have been my and favorite. And who's the main guy? What's his uh, name? I think it, I, it's David. I think it's pronounced Harbor, H-A-R-B-O-U-R. Let's just call him Hopper. It's just Hopper. It's Hopper from Stranger Things. Yeah. So these are a few clips from the Tide commercials from last night. Uh, we're taping this on Monday after the Super Bowl. Yeah, just a typical Super Bowl car ad. Right? Or a hilarious beer ad. <laughs> or whatever ad this is. Whatever. But it's a Tide ad. What? It's a Tide ad. What makes it a Tide ad? There are no stains. Look at those clean clothes. What else would this be an ad for? Diamonds? A gift that lasts for a no. Tide. It's time for a cold refresh. <laughs> tide ad. Fall into the sleep of you. No. Tide. No. Tide ad. Extreme. No. Tide. Tide! Meet the all-new. No, it's a Tide ad. It's a Tide ad, sweetie. Well, what what was genius about that ad? First of all, he's just funny. Um, He's just got a good, you know, he's just easy to listen to and watch, to me. But I think what was brilliant is he, there's at one point in the ads where he says, basically every ad you're going to see tonight is a Tide ad because right. nobody has stains on oh, their shirt. Oh, genius marketing. That's genius. Yeah. So like you're thinking about Tide. So what you're doing in every 
commercial. Every other commercial, you're thinking about Tide. Tide, you're looking at their clothes. Yes. Like, of course, there's no stains on people's clothes in, yes. a, in an ad. So that was genius. This is from Budweiser, and it's not going to translate, so I'm just going to play a little bit of it um, because it has music behind it, but it's about the water. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. Stand by me. So darling, darling, stand by me. So it's all about Anheuser-Busch and how they basically delivered a whole bunch of water to the different um, hurricane victims in Puerto Rico and in our country, which I thought was pretty cool. Well, and I was confused while watching it because so was I was I. like, they're sending them beer? I know. Like I, which I, that not that. I mean, everybody they, wants a beer occasionally, right, but, but I was like, is needs. that right? Human but yeah, needs. they they canned up, you know, I think it was can, um, canned water. cans of water wow. from Anheuser-Busch. So right. hats off to Anheuser-Busch for that one. This one was kind of funny. This is the Alexa loses her voice commercial. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Alexa, show me a recipe for a grilled cheese sandwich. Pathetic. You're 32 years of age and you don't know how to make a grilled cheese sandwich. Its name is the recipe, you Alexa, how far is Mars? Oh, how far is Mars? Well, how am I supposed to know? I never been there. This guy want to go to Mars. <laughs> For what? There's not even... Who is that? That's Wait. Cardi B. Who's Cardi B? She's a singer. Okay, I don't know her. But oxygen there. Alexa, set the mood. Now setting the mood. You're in the bush. And you're just... <laughs> okay, so it goes on to some... some uh, she goes on. And this is the best one. Last one, funniest one. Uh, it's called Time of My Life with Odell Beckham and Eli Manning. <laughs> well, wait, before you play it. Sure. So were you noticing that there was a big lead up to that? That Eli yes. was trying to come up with something big. Yes. And he would be talking about like we could play board games, mm -hmm. we could do, and then they would just like kind of cut it off. Yes. And so there was a huge lead up to that. Yes, there was. And then they're on the football field and they're running routes and then all of a sudden they decide that they're going to do this dance routine <laughs> that is very um, close, but not exactly like... Uh, well, it, it was, I think it was identical to Dirty Dancing. It's just... Sweetie, Patrick Swayze would not say it's identical. Correct. But what made me laugh is he even did all the, like, the All Johnny the footwork. footwork. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. So you got to see it, but we're just going to play a few clips. So you got Odell. He's looking back at Eli. <laughs> What's great about it is you see these two guys and they're dancing. Right. They're male athletes I love it. dancing together. Yeah. You know, in a world that um, is not as homophobic as it once was, I believe that this is an amazing thing. Well, and, a, uh, you know, it's obviously was made for comedy, but to your point, I think there was a time when this someone would, never fly. would have thought it wasn't funny. So those are my Super Bowl ads. That's my deal. I like it. What do you got, my darling? Um, so I, I don't, do we have anything else to say about the Super Bowl? I, um, I, congratulations, Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, yeah. It was a wonderful game. Oh my gosh. And that Hail Mary at the end, I, you know, New England somehow finds a way to win games that they may, shouldn't sometimes. And I thought they were going to figure out yet again how to win a game where they did get outplayed, not by a lot, but by a little bit. Uh, but Philadelphia deserved to win that game. I thought so, too. I thought from the very beginning of the game, I thought they're playing. I, I, I'm i not like somebody who watches every football game or You're not? as much. No, but I do watch occasionally when it's a good game. Yeah. Like I know enough, right? Yeah. Um, and 
with that said, knowing enough, I knew that they were playing really well. I think if Brandon Cooks did not get uh, concussed in the first quarter, New England would have won that game. Why? is he? Uh, that... He's their best wide receiver. Oh, he is? Yeah, he's pretty darn good. And that I feel guy, so bad for him. Oh, my he God. Has a, he has sunglasses on today in a dark room, in a dark, quiet room, and he will probably... I'm just guessing. I, I don't know what happened, but I'm guessing it, he was concussed. And Well, they, they kept saying head injury. They wouldn't say concussion. Well, and I don't know. Maybe that's protocol. Like you have to wait a certain amount of time before you can um, technically call it a concussion. Because not only did they hit helmet to helmet, but then he fell yeah, on he his head. Yeah, he hit the back of his head right oh, after that. You guys, I just don't know. I just don't know. Like, you know, I, I get, like everything, there's this paradox like of, you know, good, bad, meaning that I watched the Super Bowl. I watched my nephew win state this year. Um, you know, in, in the state of Illinois, um, I enjoy that. I enjoy the thrill of the game, but, oh, I just, God, these guys are just getting their butt kicked. It's a violent sport. It is a violent sport. And it's hard to watch when you know, when, you you know, seeing that play, you just know what is going to happen. But then it, you know what? He's going to go back out there Yeah. and then he's going to get another concussion. Uh, well, Rob Gronkowski, who is the all-star Pro Bowl tight end for the New England Patriots, uh, he's been, he was concussed two weeks ago, and he came back and played. Wow. And, uh, but this is his second concussion. Maybe, I don't know if it's of this season, but in his career. And he said that he will not say whether or not he wants to come back next year. Wow. So he's considering the big yeah, picture. Yeah, and, oh, and he's got so many. He's had a lot of back issues. He's had, he's had an injury-riddled career, but also the best tight end, statistically speaking, um, as anybody else. Well, and let me tell you this. One of my students, um, I teach at... Uh, Dominican University, and I teach at Elmhurst College now, and one of my students approached me on the first day of class, and she said, I just want you to know that sometimes during class I'm going to be wearing sunglasses. And she goes, and I didn't want to offend you. I wanted you to understand that I have chronic migraines. And I said, oh, my goodness, honey. You know, like, oh. And she's like, so sometimes I put on my sunglasses to kind of take it down a notch. And I said, what happened? And she said, I'm a cheerleader, and I've hit my head so many times. Yeah. So it's, she got dropped because they fly up, you know, 20 feet in the air. I don't know how high they fly up, but it's crazy. And so she's, I don't know if she's 19 or 20, but here she is sitting in my class with sunglasses and a chronic migraines. I just, and it, these are the hard, these are, these are difficult choices yeah. as parents, as kids, um, because do you understand why they can be great things? The teamwork, the experience, the, um, but the, the risks Comes at a cost. It, yeah, there are risks. So, with that said, um, switching over into before you jump into your thing. Oh, okay. We have a conference coming up. <laughs> Guess how many days away it is, sweetheart? Oh, I would say twenty-eight. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Oh my god. Twenty-five days away. We have a conference coming up with um, Cheryl Strayed, Mike Domish, and Milk. Um, you're going to feel outstanding. You're going to surround yourself with like-minded. Uh, parents and teenagers and people it's not all parents yeah um so i do want to play a quick clip from an interview that we did with mike damish Uh which i think is wonderful he's one of our keynotes and then we'll just do a quick chat about it this is from an interview that we did with him a few months ago this idea that men have no control is a myth 
We need to call it out as a blatant, not even a myth, it's a lie. Yeah. The example I used to give when I would work with students, they'd be like, my hormones, I can't control myself. And I'd go, really? All right, you're alone with a sexual partner. You are about to engage in sexual activity. You're hot, heavy, they're hot, heavy, you're ready to go. They suddenly whisper in your ear. Remember, you just said you have no control. They suddenly whisper in your ear, oh, by the way, I have a sexually transmitted disease infection. Uh, could be deadly, but let's have fun. All of a sudden, what do you, you do? You gain control. Every teenager's like, I'm out of the room. Yeah. Now, if- I love that example. Right. Yeah, well, it dispels the myth pretty quick. Yeah. And when I was, that, when I was speaking to uh, the guys last, uh, I did a, uh, I led a discussion with Dr. John Duffy um, about um, hashtag me too. And I talked about that. It's like, guys, we're, you know, everybody has urges, men and women and everybody in between. But uh, we also have a prefrontal cortex that we have been developing since adolescence or since our teenage years. And we do have the ability to control Re- ourselves. To reason. Yes. And to make choices. And I think, you know, that has a lot to do with societal norms because a lot of times if our belief system is I don't have to control this, what's happening right now and what I'm doing is normal, everybody else does this too, then our connection, our belief about common humanity is I don't need to demonstrate restraint right now Mm -hmm. because this is normal. So part of it is we may use the language of, oh, this is just biological, but the truth is it's the societal norms mm-hmm. because to Mike's point, you know, if, you know, and you can take it, take it off the sexuality part. If there was, you know, they were, the two people were about to engage in something and then a bear ran in the room, mm-hmm. you could, yeah, you, you could stop believe, what you were doing. You know, you like, you have the capability to, oh, sorry. oh, that's kind of a pretty sound. What's that? Uh, Windows Defender Summary, oh. Virus and Threat Protection. So it's important. Yes, it is. Um, there was something else I was going to say about the conference, March 2nd and 3rd. Oh, uh, by the way, Mike Domish, just so you know who he is, go to the Date Safe Project. Um, it's, he's the co- he's the founder of it. Uh, he's written books. So that's who Mike is. Anything else you want to say about Well, it's interesting. I, you know, we're just getting down to the nitty gritty here. And it's a lot of work because as you guys know, I lost basically three weeks to a month of work time in January. So he's so. putting in overtime. <laughs> in overtime. Um, but that's okay. That's These are the way things roll sometimes. Um, but Milk, uh, our speaker and uh, singer, um, our performer, Milk, um, she is actually on tour right now with someone uh, with someone named Amy Sharko. Okay. And then when that tour ends, she's going on tour with Jason Mraz. Um, and it so scared me because I saw her tour schedule and she was going to be, it was like March 3rd, you know, Winnipeg, March 4th, Minneapolis. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, and then it's funny underneath she had, she wrote, I will not be in Winnipeg on March 3rd. I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. She's going to be with us in Chicago. <laughs> she's going to be with us. And then she plays in Chicago on March 5th. Oh, really? So she has to go from Chicago to Minneapolis back to Chicago. She's a jet setter. She, she that's, I, that's what tour, that's what life on the road is, man. And then, um, all of Cheryl's books just arrived the other day. So we got plenty of books. So if you do not have any of Cheryl's books and you want to meet her and have her sign your book, um, we're going to have brave enough, wild and tiny, beautiful things all at the conference at our, at our bookstore. Um, so, you know, I'm just pretty thrilled. Um, what movie is this from? We travel by bus. Uh, that would be almost famous. Very good. And what is the name of the bus? 
They uh, they have a name for the bus. Oh man, I don't know if I can come up with that. Is it Doris? I don't remember. Zen Parenting Radio listeners, uh, what is the name of the bus from Almost Famous? That's what I want you to tell me. The uh, that bus. Uh, shoot they, me an email at comments at Zen. Parenting. I never liked that they ditched the manager that loved them so much and then got Jimmy Fallon to be their manager. Uh, but they kept the manager. They he, did. They said your manager needs a manager. Okay, so he didn't. They didn't like ditch him. No. What did he do? Um, they. He's just. You know. He just needed some help. Okay. Ballerina, Such a great scene in this movie. Yeah, it is iconic. Dancing in the sand. This is how they come back together. Yes. Now she's in me. And then they end up all singing. Yeah, well, the drummer starts drumming. And yes, then he does. The um, Jason Lee. I love Jason Lee in all his movies. And they did that show, that TV show, something about Earl. I don't know what it's yeah, called. Yeah, he did well in that show. I, know, I never watched it, though. Where, where Jason Lee jumped the shark was the Chipmunks movie. I know, because he was in like, the first one. But then he's also in the second one, but he's like, he's he a pulls cameo. like a Gilbert from Revenge of the Nerds where he's like in bed with like, <laughs> he's laid up. So somebody else has to take care yeah, of it. Yeah, so he had to show up for a day and yeah, do some work. Like he had to just be in it for a little bit. But and I, when, when I say he jumped the shark, I understand why people do movies like that. Like Neil Patrick Harris did the Smurfs and, you know, it's money. It's like, if I do this, then I'm, I'm able to do other things. But I felt like Jason Lee and the Chipmunks like woke up every day and was like, oh, I have to go do this movie. Like he didn't seem like he was having very much fun. I have no idea if this is going to come through. <laughs> you guys sing my songs. You get to sleep here. All right. From 20th Century Fox. Have you seen Alvin and the Chipmunks, sweetie? Are you kidding me? I've seen it so many times. I think I have not seen it, but if I have, I was probably asleep while seeing it. I've seen it. both of them. I've seen that first one and then the one with the chipettes or whatever they're called. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them all the time because that was our girls when they were really young. That was That, that was one of the movies out. that yeah. we would subject ourselves to watching over and over and over again. <laughs> well, they did and I was around. And we do have some Zen Friends, which is a scholarship fund for the conference. And I just want to say thank you to these amazing uh, Zen Friends who are going Going to help other moms and dads and students who can't afford to go to the conference. Um, and I'll just read them off. It's Michelle Turner, Chris and Drew McFadden, yes, Bill Dwight from FamZoo, yes, Angela Bauman, yes, Sean Emerson, yes, and Amber Young. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, that we was wonderful. Deeply appreciate it. And for those of you who plan on being a Zen friend or would are you're listening to this and you're like, hey. I'm already coming and I want to make sure other people can come or I can't be there, but I want to make sure that people who want to be there can be, go donate now and I'll tell you why. Because the brochures and um, not, what are they called? Not brochures, the programs yeah. and all of our signage is being printed in like a week. Yeah. So if you want to be on it, yep. do it now. It's go time. It's go time. So obviously you can always do Zen Friend. You could do Zen Friend on March 2nd and then it'll go towards 2019. So it's not like... Yeah, you know, but if you want to be on recognized. recognized this year, now's the time. And there are other people who are kind of waiting on Todd and I. So there are people who would like to attend. Yeah. So there is a need. Yep. Um, 
So are, you've turned it over to me like two or three times, but then This not. one for real, but I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. So I just wanted to, um, you know, in the last uh, week or so, uh, for several reasons, number one, because we've had to give a few presentations, uh, one at the library last week, and then uh, we gave one at the Well North Shore mm-hmm. last week too, which is a beautiful place, by the way, you guys, our friends... Um, Craig and Cindy Dooley, and then uh, a, few other, a few other people who I'm just getting to know now. They put together this place in uh, it's in the on the North Shore called the Well, and the whole focus of it is thus the name, um, you know, bringing in wellness speakers, and they have a like a a room, a treatment room that like people use for Reiki and for. Um, you know, they have an area where people can have like business meetings, and they're going to have a little retail area with books, and they're going to sell wellness. The well supplies. builds awareness and brings together those of like mind and spirit to support and pursue their common passions. It's great. And I, we just loved being there. And we're so proud of them because it was a dream they've had. They told us about it years ago. Yep. And this whole group that came together, they all had this dream and, and they built it. And if you build it, they will come. They will come. So um, we were proud to be there. So anyway, so because of all these presentations and just because of my own life and you know, things that have been uh, happening, um, changes evolving I've been going through. Uh, I've had to, when I've recognized a self-compassion quote um, that has really resonated with me, I have either screenshot it, captured it, or cut and pasted it and kept it um, because, you know, I think sometimes when you're really raw, when you're going through something or when you're just in really kind of deep awareness, things just ring truer. You know, like if you're just kind of going through life on autopilot and you see a quote, it doesn't do much. Yeah. You're like, yeah, great quote. Or yeah, I'll use yeah. that someday. But when you're really kind of in there and you see a quote that resonates, you're like, oh, you know, this is like life changing. Mm. So I just wanted to share a few of them because um, they've been really helpful to me. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, and obviously Todd, I would love to see what you think. So the first couple are uh, about self-forgiveness. So the first one, and I don't even know who said some of these things, because you know how some things on the internet are just... Not people, true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, it's not so much about that they're not true, but sometimes people just take a quote and yeah. make it into a meme, and yeah. you just don't know who said it. But So this one, forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you learned it. Mm. So it's a little like, when you know better, you do better. Yeah. But there's more to that. Forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you learned it, which to me resonates really strongly because I just think that I just think that sometimes we think we just know stuff, and I think that we apply it to everybody, and we think that if my life, if I can do this, everybody else can do this. Right. Or if this is important to me, everybody else should see why this is important to me. And this can be with, you know, my own personal experience with kind of learning uh, about other people's pain and my own pain. Or it goes back to, you know, political, the civility discussion about sometimes we just think we're just so in. I I know this word carries a lot of like negative. I don't know if it's negative, but it, it packs a punch. We're just so righteous. Yeah. And entitlement and righteousness, they just send shivers down my spine now. And so much so that 
I kind of, you know, like I said last week on the show, I've taken myself back and been like, when have I been righteous? And obviously I have been, because sure. everybody has been, and I'll be righteous again because yeah. I'm human. But when have I been overtly, unfairly righteous? Yeah. You, you know, there's people in the world who their job is to be a provoca- provocateur. Yeah. Like their whole goal is to provoke like Ann Coulter's of the world. Mm. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want that as your job? I would just say that it's probably kind of heavy energy to walk around with That's all the I time. That's what I mean. Because yeah. your whole job is to be a contrarian and to make everybody else feel bad and to be righteous. Yeah. And I think that there might be, you know, let's forget about Anne for a second, just anybody who does it, there <laughs> is a element of inauthenticity because they a person always feels like they have to swim against the current, yeah. even though there may be some things where I'm like, where they might be like, no, this, it makes sense to swim down current, but they can't. They can't because that's too vulnerable yeah. because they, they get Plus their, it distorts their message of who they are. Right. And they get their power from being, or they think they do. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I actually think they're, de- they're depleting their power from speaking energetically, but they, if they agree, it's vulnerable because all of a sudden you're like, oh, we agree on something. So we get along. So we understand each other. And like you said, their whole point is I am going to win. Mm -hmm. And that's just gotta be a really draining job. I mean, really that's what pundits do on TV all the time, right? Yeah. And that's why I don't watch the pundits, but yes, um, you know, and I I don't know. But even sports pundits do it. Don't oh, like think? the ESPN guys just yelling, screaming yeah. at each other? It's not always political. Yeah, Sometimes it's, it's stuff or well, entertainment. Well, what's one thing that kind of empowered me to turn off the TV and not listen to the pundits is because the news organizations figured out that it's actually a lot cheaper to pay somebody to be in front of a camera and to disagree with somebody else versus investigative reporting. Of course. So, you know, and that's why I like stuff like front line in 60 minutes, like it's investigative, like they delve into it versus somebody just standing on a soapbox. But I did want to share when you said that quote, it made me think of because one of the things that um, I I love about myself is that I'm always very good at forgiving others, but it gets taken, it gets taken too far. And it actually, it makes me gullible. And I get taken advantage of. And one quick example I'll give, and I actually gave this at the well, is um, I have been in charge of uh, hiring people in a property management capacity. And I've been taken advantage of because I've been so gullible. So um, basically, people have gotten hurt because of my gullibleness. Who, I don't know if that's a you've word. gotten hurt. I have, but so have my residents that oh, I've done that. I see what you're so saying. what I do is I beat myself up like, dude, Todd, how could you not have known better in that circumstance? Mm. And I need to practice some self-forgiveness because I if I would have known better, I would have done better. And I tend to kind of shame myself um, when I think about some of the many mistakes I've made. So it's funny, I was gonna question you on the word gullible. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to. Oh, because, good. Because uh, the definition really is easily persuaded to believe something, um, credulous, naive, over-trusting. Yeah, I think the yeah. best of people, when they haven't earned the right to um, for me to do that. And don't you think that's twofold? Number one, it is a sense of 
I just, I'm going to go in assuming people are going to do the right thing. Yep. And I think that comes from the heart. And it's also, and I say this not just to you, but to all of us, we don't want to deal with all the, you know what I mean? Like you, you had some little red flags yeah, and you're like, eh, yeah. you know, I, like, can I, I, just... I, I stuck my head in the sand or you went with the trusting thing. Yeah. You're like, this to the is point a where weird. it hurt me and others. Right. When if I would have just nipped it in the bud, which right. I should have, and there's a part of my inner voice that knew that I had to. And I'm going to keep getting this lesson until I figure it out. We all do. And and that happens with friendships. You yeah. know, yours is a very specific business, yeah. you know, thing. But a lot of times with friends, like, um, or partners, we get hurt or they hurt our feelings. And the first time we'll be like, well, What is you know. Maya? Doesn't Maya say something like, believe uh, people when they show you who they are the first time? The first time. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody says, someone, you know, I'll take it to an extreme, somebody hits you. They're telling you I hit people. Yeah. So for you to be like, oh, they only hit me once. Or yeah, it's they an only... outlier that will never happen again. They're telling you, showing you, mm-hmm. or if somebody demeans you consistently, they are saying to you, I am someone who demeans people. But we like create this whole story around it. And especially when it happens so much that all of a sudden what ends up happening and uh, and I'm sure this happens with men, too, in the experiences they have. But because I work with women, women turn it inside and blame themselves. Yeah. If I hadn't said that, he wouldn't have said that. If I could have kept my cool, he wouldn't have hit me. If I would have just been home on time, we wouldn't be fighting. And it gets turned internal and they blame themselves, yeah. which is a, there's a method to that madness. That's. Yeah. That's what an abuser does. They make you think it's your fault. Well, and remember, we just watched that uh, Will Smith thing that's gone viral. Yeah, fair, responsible. Fault Mm -hmm. versus responsibility. Oh, it was fault. You're right. I was going to say fair. Yeah. Fault versus responsibility. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, it's not your fault that you got, you know, I think he says in the video, get abused as a child, but it's your responsibility and how to respond to that. Once you have the capacity to choose your own life. Right. Well, and it was interesting, you know, that's gone viral. The person who told me about that was one of my college students. And it was funny because she told me about it last Tuesday or Thursday. She's like, you know, the Will Smith video that went viral. I'm like, I don't know it. And I, it's funny because you think we all think we're seeing all the viral videos, but it's getting to the younger people first. And since I've seen it, I've seen it posted everywhere. And there are a lot of people who disagree with Will. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting to me. On our post, there was somebody who okay. who said she disagreed. And I think really it comes down to semantics because he is in no way. This is it, this gets so it's 90 seconds. Do you want to hear it or no? No, I don't let me okay. talk about it first rather than playing the whole thing. He's trying to differentiate between you know, it is not your fault that you're born with a father who is an alcoholic, but it is your responsibility then after you have grown Mm -hmm. or get to a place where you can actually make your own choices to then choose your life. Because if you take your whole life and point your finger and say it's their fault, then you have no power to create a life of your own. And the person who disagreed with us underneath there and... Hold on. Sorry. The person who disagreed with us said she was posting it everywhere and that she felt that it was a blaming the victim thing. And it's not, there's no blaming anybody. What it's saying 
is your energy is either going to feed this wolf or mm -hmm. this wolf. You're, you know, and for those of you who know that metaphor, you know, which wolf are you going to feed? Are you going to feed the one that takes you down the dark path of anger and frustration and it's this person's fault? Or are you going to take the path of there's possibility, there's something that I can, there are different choices I can make. Um, but I think when someone who has been hurt listens to that, they think that he is a somehow assigning blame. Right. Even though I think he explicitly says, I, I know. it's not your fault. Correct. But, you know, I'm not here to tell anybody how to react to it. Everybody has their own response. Okay, so, so if you would like to play it, go ahead. Yeah. Or play just a part of it, maybe. All right, let's see how it goes. Uh, having a debate with a friend of mine, and we got stuck on the difference between fault and responsibility. And she kept talking about how something was somebody's fault. It's somebody's like, fault. It really... It don't matter whose fault it is that something is broken if it's your responsibility to fix example, it. It's not somebody's fault if their father was an abusive alcoholic, but it's for damn sure their responsibility to figure out how they're going to deal with those traumas and try to make a life out of it. It's not your fault if your partner cheated and ruined your marriage, but it is for damn sure your responsibility to figure out how to take that pain and how to overcome that and build a happy life for oh. yourself. And so that that one that you're playing is the chopped up one, which yeah. is okay. Right. There's a longer version and it actually says full speech. Yeah. Um, but I, you know what I'm feeling when I listen to that? Because I agree with him completely, by the way. Uh -huh. But is the, I think the word responsibility freaks people out. Mm. You and I have had this discussion about somebody um, that we know really well who struggles with taking responsibility mm. because there's a belief if she does take responsibility that then she won't be cared for by right. other people. Right. And I think sometimes we misunderstand that if we take responsibility, that doesn't mean we still don't need help. Yeah. Like, you know, it is not, and I'll, you know, I'll use this just because this is my most current one. It is not my fault that I got sick but it is my responsibility to then do what I need to do to get well. I don't get to say, I can't believe this happened to me. Oh my gosh, this happened. Or I could do that. Mm -hmm. And then like just stay stuck in that mode because if I do, nothing will get better. Right. So I'm, if I, you know, we have, but then what I think what people misunderstand is when I say I have to take responsibility that they think that I'm doing it by myself. Yeah. And that's far from true. Right. That when you take responsibility, you ask for help. The strong people and the brave people ask for help because that takes more strength than it does to pretend things are okay. Right. And so I think that word responsibility is what messes people up. Yeah, it could be. Um so I don't think we want to play any more Will Smith, but you can go to YouTube and just put Will Smith fault versus responsibility and you can find it. So you can. And the, like, the reason I stopped you is that clip. I originally played that one in the class and it's, it's kind of hard on the ears because they keep yeah, they cutting, cutting, cut cutting, cutting. Uh, before you go to your second quote, um, can I talk about our two amazing partners for this week? Um, I'm going to tell you four things about each one. You ready? Kind snacks. Okay. Have you ever it. had a kind snack oh, bar, have. sweetie? They're lovely. I'm going to tell you four things. One is that uh, kind snacks are made in the United States. They're made with ingredients you can recognize and pronounce, True. which I've actually shared on the show. Um, 
that's gluten-free, low-sodium, no-sugar alcohols, and made without genetically engineered ingredients. And my favorite one, yeah. sweetie, is it was fu- it was founded as a not-for-profit company, always striving to balance commercial success with social impact. Nice. It created something called the Kind Foundation. It supports causes all over the world. So I'm just very... Uh, I'm very pleased that we have a partner like this, um, and we just want to say thank you to them. So here's the deal. If you guys want to try Kind Bars, you can get 10 for free. All you got to do is pay for the shipping, and when you order the sample box, you also get to try the Kind Snacks Club where you receive monthly snacks at a discount and get members-only bonuses. So go to kindsnacks.com slash zen. Got great, it? Great. Um, the other one is Health IQ, and they're a little different, so I need to explain what they are. What they do is that they're a life insurance uh, company, and they help health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, yogis, vegans, vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. Sweetie, are you a runner, a cyclist, a yogi, a vegan, <laughs> or a vegetarian? I'm a vegetarian and a, and a yogi. And I'm a pescatarian. Yes, I'm a pescatarian, right. Um, but s- even though I really don't eat that much that much fish. No, you don't. You don't really... What, what do you like, tilapia? Is that all you like? No, I, I sometimes get... Um, uh, crab. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crab cake sandwiches. Crab cake, but only if we're like in Seattle or in Florida. Or at the clubhouse. Or the clubhouse. <laughs> in, 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 in Oak Brook. Um, but it's kind of like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver. They will save you money on your life insurance for living a health conscious life. Um, so I actually did some comparison shopping of my existing policy versus the one that I got from Health IQ, and it actually saved me 30%. So if you take 30% times 20 years, which is what my policy is for, it ends up into the thousands and tens of thousands of dollars, depending on uh, what the policy is. So um, they have you do a quiz. They kind of vet you to see if um, you actually qualify. So it's pretty cool. So Wow. Um, or you can actually submit actual data. So like if you do races or if you belong to a yoga shala, they'll say, okay, show me the invoice that you practice yoga. So it's kind of cool how they do it. So here's the thing. If you want to check and maybe save yourself some money for uh, life insurance, go to healthiq.com slash zen. And just one quick word about our partners. We do our best to partner up with people that we believe is a good fit for us. We are, yeah. So if you are somebody that supports the podcast, we would love it if you considered supporting some of our partners too. So that's <laughs> it. Thanks for that little thank to our two partners. So Yes. What do you got? What's your next quote? It's very dry down here. I know. I stuck the heater on. We're in our new studio that Avid Company built for us and it's freezing cold. Because it's in the basement. Um, yes, and when the heater's on, it's just very dry because it's it makes me want to cough. Uh, yeah, we need a humidifier, but that's what's <laughs> weird. Like you jack up the heat and it dries everything out. It's kind of like uh, drinking beer and water at the same time. Because I drink, you, you just know, balance them out. When I drink alcohol, sometimes I drink water, um, and it's like, well, are you trying to get drunk and enjoy your beverage, or are you trying to hydrate? Because if you're drinking alcohol, you're dehydrating yourself. Well, I hope you're just drinking the beverage because you want to drink the beverage. Back in the old days, I used to drink to get drunk. But I was going to say, I don't, I don't know how often I'm like, I'm just going to drink this. But sometimes. Not, I can't, can Vegas, maybe. Vegas, baby, Vegas. That was a long time ago, Um, June. Um, But anyway, so back to these quotes. So here's another one. How many do you have, by the way, just so I know? I, I don't need to do them all, but okay. it's just been kind of funny because you keep throwing it back over to me. Right. And then I'm you just keep pulling it back. It back. It's, all, it's all you now, sweetie. <laughs> Is it really? For right now. 
I'll let you know. I'll I... like, I keep going to have, I'm going to start. And then Todd will be like, wait a second. I got to do this. I got to do this. Okay. So let's see, which one do I want to do? So I like this one very much too. Um, dear self today and for the rest of my days, I choose to love you, to cherish you and to accept you just the way you are. Love me. Hmm. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Now, and I don't think you that would resonate with you. No, right it didn't now. impact me. Well, and I think that's because there are times that you're, you know, well, I won't even, I'm not going to tell you how you feel. What I'm going to talk about is how I feel. And that is that when you are dealing with something or struggling with something or struggling against something, just the definition of struggling against something is not accepting. Right. Okay. So if you're saying it shouldn't be this way, or I'm suffering, or you are pushing against something and saying, I should be better, or this should be different, or this should not be happening, what you're really doing is you're not accepting. Yep. And if you make a choice to say today and for the rest of my days, I choose to cherish you, which is a very different thing. Um, meaning that I choose to hold you with love and consideration rather than constant frustration and anger. And I choose to accept you just the way you are. And here's the thing about just the way you are. Just the way you are isn't some, some things are very, um, continuous, meaning you may have a history of being a good person or a giving person or a loving person. And there are some things about our personality that are very just, you know, something that you can trace back to childhood and be like, this is who I've always been. But there are parts of our life um, that we that we might be going through a challenge. And can you accept yourself when you're struggling with something that is not typical or something new? Can you say, this is where I am now. I accept myself the way I am now. And I think that is difficult for people. I think they, they, I'll speak about myself again, instead of you guys, I romanticize maybe how, oh, it used to be so easy or a year ago, this wasn't, I didn't worry about anything or <laughs> that's not true. Right. It's just like we were talking about the other night, we were talking about uh, when we were at the well, when kids go off to college and how sometimes we totally overdo it with our kids. Like you're going to have the best time in college and college is the greatest and you're going to love it and you're going to make your best friends. And I'm just so envious. I wish I could go back to college. And then our kids get to college and they're like, um, it's all right, mm -hmm. but it isn't quite living up to the hype. And then if we were to go back and really look at what happened in college, we were, we did have fun you know, we were free. We forgot but the we hard times. We forgot the hard. We forgot the loneliness. We forgot the homesickness. We forgot that we ate like crap all the time. We forgot that we never felt good. We forgot that we struggled with friends. We forgot that we were scared of the future. We forgot all we remember, we romanticize. And I think that we do that when, like, on Team Zen, which is our, you know, our virtual community that we have, we were taught one of the questions that was asked about how, you know, I, I miss when my kids were little or I'm worried about mm. them growing up because I don't want to miss this time when they're little. And I think that we romanticize like, oh, it was so great when they were two or it was so great when they were five. 
it was really hard. Yeah. And and it doesn't mean it I was... I call that the dark days. Yeah, well, dark days was early, early. Do you right. think when they were three, that was no, dark no. days? No, no. I'm talking the sleep deprivation oh, yeah. for you. Infants. Yeah. yeah. Infant stage is a totally different animal. But like even three, I, it, like I have this picture of the girls sitting on my lap. They're four, three, and one. And I honestly look at that picture. I'm like, I don't know how I like brushed my teeth. Yeah. Like you have children who are like constantly needing you. You're doing everything for them physically. You're getting them everywhere. You can't leave them alone for too too long. And it there's beauty in it too. Like yeah. it's so lovely. What was interesting about that Zen talk that we did last week was the one team member talked about how they're growing too fast. Uh-huh. And then the other one lovingly said, I wish they'd get to the next phase. Well, actually, she said, I agree fully that they're growing too fast. And simultaneously, right. I want it to go faster. Right. And we talked about how that paradox, paradox is so normal mm-hmm. that we're like, oh, it's so great. I'm holding this baby in my arms. They're a baby. Um, I kind of can't wait till they can walk. Yeah. So I don't have, you know, like... And what we do to ourselves, instead of recognize that these feelings are normal, is we shame ourselves. And it, so it really goes to back to the quote that I read, like, I accept you just the way you are right now while you're going through this experience. I knew you were getting that. You uh, did. I did. I watched you. No, you didn't. I'll take the bad times. i take you just the way you are. Have you ever danced to this song, sweetie? I did at my wedding with my husband. Oh, yeah. I remember it. Emily. Emily, our teacher. She was good. She was good. Um, Speaking of, one of the quotes I thought about you, it's a Mary Oliver quote from one of her poems. Um, Love is when two people know everything about each other and are still friends. Oh, yeah. That's good. That is. So, you like, when you, you know... uh, there's not much, I mean, occasionally there's maybe a new story I tell Todd, but he's probably heard it all and seen it all and experienced it all. A new story, not a new story. I thought you meant like a news story, like a CNN story. <laughs> no, a new, N-E-W. Well, or, or new stories are happening every day. Right. Like I, you know, some, but. But we know a lot about We know each a lot about past. each other's past or like our darkness or like our personalities or, you know, the our yucky quirks. stuff, the quirks, the good stuff. So, but when you know all that, but you're still really good friends, that's love. Um, and then two more that are quick. Um, when, what time is it? Oh yeah, we got to go. So I love this. Self-acceptance is my refusal to be in an adversarial relationship with myself. How about that? That is good. This is all about self-love, sweetie. It all is. your quotes. But like I said... We com- should name the podcast Self-Love. In, in compassion, because a lot of it is the practice of... Give me the quote one more time. Self-acceptance is my refusal to be in an adversarial relationship with myself. Yeah. These are all kind of saying the same thing in a different way. And then the last one, and I would love to spend more time on that one, but we have to go. But this one, I think, is very true for Zen Parenting Radio, because, um, again, as I think Todd and I have both said to you guys, it's not like we've got really new information for you, nor do we have all the right answers, obviously. Um, we just have, you know, offering perspective, offering things up. And here's the key. Each of you have a tuning fork inside of you mm. that goes off when you sense or hear the truth. So the truth is not from us 
or the truth is not from the author. It's just a truth for you. Yeah. And it resonates, that tuning fork. Isn't that great? Like sometimes someone, or you hear a lyric to a song and you'll go, oh my gosh, that's so true. Right. It's like, you know, like it totally gels with what you believe. Well, and whoever our favorite teachers are, whether it's Eckhart Tolle or Sarah Silverman or Taylor Swift, it's not that these people are such special people. Right. It's that they showed you something that you have inside of you. Yeah, they they, they brought sh- it out. Yes, they brought it out, and which is why it's funny that you would use a comedian and entertainers plus like spiritual teachers because I believe that comedians their job mm-hmm. is to bring out stuff we're unwilling to look at. For sure, don't you think? Yeah, that's part of what they do. Right, yeah. and so sometimes we get really offended by it, or we're like, you know, but a lot of times it's just rings with truth, mm-hmm. um, or songs, or entertainment, which is why I feel so connected to that world. But anyway, okay, so. That's all I can do today because I got to jump in the car, my love. I know. You got to go to yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, regarding that Team Zen that we did, uh-huh. uh, those were two of the things we talked about. A few of the others that we did in last week's episode of Team Zen or uh, Zen Talk, uh, money challenges. There was a son who bought a, a shirt for a lot of money and we helped that mom navigate through that little pickle. <laughs> uh, how to help our kids when being bullied by mean girls. And are there enough resources out there for boys? So that is kind of our bullet points from last week's Team Zen Talk. So if you're interested in joining this virtual community that we have created, we got about 60 some odd people that have joined. We would love for you to consider joining. So just go to our uh, webpage, zenparentingradio.com, and you could find something. And they're there. from all over the country. So a lot of people are being all able over the to world. find. They're finding each other. Yeah, all over the world. You got right. a woman from Australia. New Zealand. Oh, yeah, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I get those two mixed up. I Sorry. Know. Don't they have D- similar different accents? Different places. Yes. Okay. I think. <laughs> See, I don't know. I don't know either. We, one of them. these days, we got to go to the other side of the world. My sister and her family are going this summer. Well, that's just like going then. <laughs> we'll just look at their pictures. <laughs> All right. I got to go. Their slideshow. Hold on, sweetie. What about the jingle? All right. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Um, so ZPR listeners, keep trucking. Get your tickets for the conference. And, you know, just be cool, man. Right? And have a good week. And have a glorious and gregarious week. Adios. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also tell a friend about our show. Are you a force for good? If so, then get your tickets now for the Zen Parenting Conference, March 2nd and 3rd, 2018, with Cheryl Strayed, Milk, and Mike Damish. When purchasing your tickets, consider becoming a Zen friend for our conference scholarship program. Let's make sure anyone who wants to attend can be there. Come see us. We look forward to having everyone in Chicago. Check out all of our live events at zenparentingradio.com. You can also find our virtual community of listeners that we call Team Zen. You can find books and podcasts that we recommend and so many other opportunities and resources. Go to zenparentingradio.com. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or at Amazon. And just so you know, I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys on the phone, Skype, or in person. Contact me to uncover the subtle shifts that will change your life. First appointment's free. If you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out my men's group, thetribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link found on our homepage under Support Us. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. 
And I want to give special thanks to two of our founding partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and they can be found at chirotree.com, and Avid, painting and remodeling throughout Chicagoland area, and that's avidco.net. They've been with us since the beginning. And to all of you, thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking. Thank you.